Joining me today is Steve Myers. How are you going, Steve? Good. Good to be back again. Yeah. A return visit. Yes, and thank you for coming along it's to push pleasure. all those buttons. And well, I don't mind pushing your <laughs> buttons, so it's all right, Paul. <laughs> so uh, The Age Stage is a program that looks at issues and matters affecting older Australians made possible by the Village Baxter, the Village Glen and Encore Living for that regional alternative. And today on the program, we're going to be joined by uh, the secretary, actually, of um, RPPFM, Pam Dined, and she's going to be talking to us about some of the issues that she's had with her husband going into aged care. Yes, that should be quite interesting. Which is very real and relevant. And also... Ara Cresswell, who is CEO of Carers Australia. Mm. But first, as we do each week, we welcome our special guests. Welcome Stuart Shaw from the Village Baxter and Peter Nelson from the Village Glen. Welcome, guys. Hi, Paul. It's nice to be back. Hi, Steve. Hi, gentlemen. Good Good morning, all. And so we're going to continue on talking from about the code, aren't we, guys? Well, I've missed the last few weeks, and we are, since huh? that's so, I mean, we've got new people behind the desk. I mean, it's all happening. It's all changed, doesn't it? It, it has. <laughs> yeah, and, and last week uh, we digressed, didn't we, because we had on the program... Yes, we did. ...Dr we, K. Patterson, which I think was fantastic. Steve, you were good at that. You enjoyed that? Yes, I enjoyed that a lot, yeah. actually. I thought Brendan asked some very good questions and brought some very interesting issues to yeah. light with her, so yeah. I thought it was a very, very good interview, actually. Very informative. Yes, it yes. was. Yeah, so K. has a wide variety of experiences yes, and, and you know she is a very interesting person yeah yes indeed quite yeah. engaging mm. i'd advise any of our listeners to uh, go online to the rwp uh website and listen to the podcast because it's really interesting stuff. yeah it definitely was, well, it was yeah. great yeah, yeah. Mm. as well as all of our other podcasts of course paula yeah absolutely oh, yes the 92 of them Stuart. Yes, <laughs> but who's counting, Peter? <laughs> Clearly, I am. Oh, that is really good to see. Are we throwing a party at a hundred? We we could think about oh, that. That's a good that, idea. That is a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how many how many of the uh, the R double P programs get to a hundred? Most or some? That's a very good question. I would say that you'd probably find about question. maybe two-thirds of them get that okay. far. Because there's a lot that come and go very quickly, but there are quite a few to hang around for a while, yeah. Mm. So we're not as clear as we think we asked you. But with the same, <laughs> with the same <laughs> really engaging people on the side oh, of wow. the desk? Of course, oh, there's no comparison, that's, is there? You know? no. <laughs> that's, have a- that's Peter that I'm talking about. <laughs> Okay, so, so, let, so the code. The code, yes. and we're going to be talking about living in the community. Last yes. time, Peter uh, and Kim, Kim spoke yes. about moving, moving into, into the, the community. community. Yes. So this is about living in the community. So yes. what are some of the things that we need to know about that? Okay, well, first, firstly, to set the scene for our listeners who might have missed the first program, mm-hmm. our industry um, has out for public comment this code of conduct, mm-hmm. and the code of conduct is really an umbrella document over all of Australia because, as we talked about before, each state regulates their retirement villages differently and separately. So we as an industry think that it's long overdue that we all subscribe to a code, a voluntary code of conduct so that um, we can continue to lift the standards of the industry mm-hmm. Australia-wide. And this is supported by the three peak organisations. Which is a very important point yeah. Stuart makes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. our industry has three peak bodies, mm-hmm. LASA, AXA and RLC. Property Council. Property yeah. Council. Mm-hmm. And for the first time I can recall, 
the three organisations are all on the same page at the same time. That's fantastic, Which isn't is it? a fantastic yeah. achievement, isn't mm. it, Stuart? That's something to actually celebrate. It certainly mm. is. Like so this has, to make, this has to make your lives easier as well as people who are looking at going into a but village. I don't know about making life easier, Paula, but it is trying to deliver a consistent approach to what we do across all the players in the sector. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter whether you're a village of 10 units mm. or what, what's the biggest village aside from us? Is there a land the, lease one that's bigger? There's a, or? Big vi- there's a, a group of villages in Sydney, uh, charity-based, uh, three villages together, which is well over a 1,000 units. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It, so it doesn't mm. matter yeah. the size of village. Mm. We want to try and make certain that people have a consistent approach to the business mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that, that will help consumers yeah and it is about yeah. trying to assist consumers through uh, so, some of the issues that can arise mm-hmm. well one of the first thing of course peter was about feedback yes what about it oh, <laughs> <laughs> what is, what's your feedback Stuart? <laughs> so, mighty fine question peter <laughs> So, for, so we, I think we, it's what's designed to do is to give a process in the village yeah. for residents to be able to be heard, mm. basically yes, a voice, a and, voice, and that, that's on a variety of fronts. But mm. you know, a survey each year is always a useful document to find out what people think about it. And as an aside, we're, we've uh, actually conducted our staff survey this year through Survey Monkey, and we have some very confronting questions for our staff to uh, to answer. Mm-hmm. The first one being. My manager is trying to get rid of me. Mm-hmm. And the second one is, I would rather work elsewhere. And the third one is, I'm actually enjoying being here. Stuart, who writes the... Well, do you write that? I didn't, but I actually supported it because <laughs> it makes people think about the answer. Mm. Yeah, well, exactly. it does, yes. So yeah. I would say that that was Kim yep. uh, who developed that and brought mm. it to me. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought, okay, this will actually cause people to think about do I really hate the village that much? Mm. Yes. Or do I really enjoy the village that much? Mm. So do you write that in your resident survey? No. This, well, no, that's we, a question. So we're uncertain yet. So this yeah. is the first time we've done this for mm-hmm. staff mm-hmm. and our response has been probably more than we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're totally anonymous. So we've made the... You apparently can turn on or off the, the anonymity bit in, in SurveyMonkey. We've made it totally anonymous mm-hmm. so people can say what they feel about <laughs> us. There are one or two people who may not like us, mm-hmm. but that's fine. Well, that's the but, only way to improve. Yeah. And yeah. so for residents, it is about trying to find out the truth. What do people think about it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And surveys are one way of doing it. Certainly feedback forms uh, and and complaints mechanisms or suggestion mechanisms are all good documents, and but it's no good just doing the survey or, or having the forms filled out if you don't do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so in in your village, what what what, you, what process would you follow? Well, we do do an annual survey of residents. Um, I suppose surveys are tricky things. I think too many people spend too little time drafting the questions, and mm-hmm. and she was just alluded to that mm-hmm. with his. I think. It depends what question you ask and what answer you get, how, yes. you, mm. how you coin it. But So we're not that good at that, actually, over the past few years. We we certainly try and do it, but in your day-to-day at the coalface, it's always a bit of a struggle administratively to get a survey out there, but we have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I think because we're a single village and head, head office is the village, um, probably... 
I'd have to think, I'm reflecting on the Village Glen, um, residents get good access to all senior management at all times. So... Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree that yeah. for, for one or two or three um, villages in a group, it is a lot easier yes. to have familiarity with the people who mm. are the decision makers. Mm. Whereas if you've got, you know, 100 villages around the country, then you will meet people who are well down the decision-making tree. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's an issue. Well, that, mm. that can be an issue. Yep. But each of those villages would have a, a manager, wouldn't they? And, but they would have a they manager. And get together and confer about who's happy and who's not. Yep. But if I'm in a village yeah. and my manager has no power to actually resolve my issue, oh, yes. mm-hmm. so it has then to go is... to someone else yes. and yeah. it may go to someone else yeah. again mm. as it moves up the train, mm-hmm. uh, up the, the chain, mm. that can be frustrating. Yeah. And certainly the message that we would always try and encourage people to have is is have the trust and confidence in your regional manager, in your, in your manager mm. uh, on site. Empower them. Yeah. Yes, exactly. it's They're about the empowering them, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm, in our case, the, there's no such thing as a perfect place to live. So mm-hmm. clearly from time to time we do get residents with issues in their survey. Mm-hmm. The very first thing that the manager of the village does is face-to-face that person to, to tease out... If yes. you know who it is. If you know, well, in our case we do. Yeah, do we? Okay. we don't make it an anonymous survey. Well, it would be we pretty sh- pointless, wouldn't it, if, if well, they were anonymous for residents? Staff, I understand. No, we, we, we give people the choice that you don't have to tell us. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. If you want us to... So we would say on our form, if you want personal feedback, then we obviously need to know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. if you just want to make a comment and you prefer yeah. to remain anonymous, mm-hmm. that's fine as well. We, we, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The only difference is we can't get back to you. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. And, and that, that's a bit that, frustrating, particularly if someone is hurting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that would make know, it harder reason. to yeah. solve the issue, wouldn't yes, it? Yes, it does. Yeah. And clearly the person who has the face-to-face has to be trained to listen yes. rather than instruct. Yeah. And most yeah. human beings are, are not, not trained to listen. Mm. No. So we're that's, trying to encourage. That's the first thing they teach you when you, in counselling, um, is how to listen. I mean, could you imagine a counsellor that couldn't listen? Mm. Mm. But there's two words, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> there's hearing and listening, isn't there? There is. You can yeah. hear what people yes. say, but don't mm. listen. Yes. You listen yeah. to what they say and give them the opportunity of getting it off their mm. chest mm. without interrupting them. Exactly. Um, without defending your case, mm-hmm. get to the end of it and then say, okay, so that's where, where you're at, this is where we're at, let's talk about some... Yes. How we fix this for you. That's right. Yeah. We, we like to promote the weight theory. Yes. The why am I talking? Mm-hmm. Because unless there's a reason for you to talk, keep quiet. Yes, indeed. Listen, listen to the person on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I actually used that at a seminar that I spoke at a couple of weeks ago when I couldn't be here. So, so yeah, I just... So <laughs> well, tried, you were giving a, a talk and you weren't a talking. yes. And you weren't talking. Yes. That was interesting. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Moving right along. I mean, so my question is, with the code, is there built into that uh, 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 suggestions as to how to go forward with resolutions? No. No. It is about drawing out the issues and it's up to each village to, to work out, out a, a process by which they're going to deal with it. Right, okay. Good. So we want to raise the issues. You know, the solution will vary from village to village. Mm. 
And I'd certainly under the code, if you're, if you're unhappy with the way an issue is treated, there are appeal mechanisms yeah. which may end up with this group of people C-A-C. known as the CAC. 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 Yes. Great acronym, that one. Yes. <laughs> In essence, it's giving people a, a pathway, mm. yeah, to, to resolve their issues, which can, you can end up outside the village. Mm. If you wish to, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so it's a very fairly extensive complaints handling process mm. that's developed under the code. So, whilst it doesn't say, you know, step one, do yeah. this. <laughs> no, it is a process mm. by mm. which uh, villagers should subscribe to, it. and it's not rocket science. Yeah. I mean, none of this stuff is ever rocket science. You're simply trying to normalise it uh, to apply to to each organisation. Mm. Mm. Yes. So, so the next issue was really interesting, Peter. It was about personal services yes. uh, in the village. That, yep. You know, being open and transparent about personal services that are provided mm. uh, within the village. So what sort of services might that include? That's a, different in different villages, of course. Um, as our village and most independent living, um, personal services are usually delivered by other organisations. I mean... We've got our home care, which is only a recent innovation within the village. That's clearly personal services funded by the Commonwealth Government. Um, we do from time to time have residents who uh, can live independently but seek advice on can someone come in and help me do something and we see our role in that as being a facilitator. So we introduce parties to each other. Um, I say to my residents that... If you need some help from an outside source, I'll use my best endeavours, my network, to find some people and recommend those people, do the vet and checking to make sure they're people we want to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it, if it doesn't work out for you, uh, let me know and I'll, I'll get you someone else who does work out for you. So, so what sorts of things, Peter, would people be, you know, wanting you to... or wanting personal services for? What sort of things? What? Oh, cleaning... Cleaning. Cleaning, yeah. Yeah, that, that no, sort of cook, stuff. Cooking of the meals. Cooking, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Going out for day trips. Yep. Yes. You know, so people who uh, who no longer drive. So is there a yeah. classification of personal services? Like I might be thinking personal services, somebody wanting to I'm do nervous. hair or what? <laughs> no, hair, hairdressers Get fine. Get your nails done. Hairdressers yeah. fine. Nails done. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Yep. Pedicures. Yes. Mm. So so any of those things can Never be done. cooking. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, so Peter was right. There, there are two levels. So you can get funded services, mm-hmm. in which case, no doubt, you would have a contract for your people to to actually yeah. sign. Yep. Uh, under the under the home and community care program, or and we would ask them, do they have insurance and those sorts of things. We sort of we don't do a police check so much, but we vet them. Yeah, we'd well, have to, yeah, wouldn't yeah, we? Exactly. Yeah. We need we need to know who's yes. in the village. Yeah. At all times. We're, we're a bit more liberal than that mm. um, because we would say that if you're capable of organising Debbie's hairdressing service to come to you, mm-hmm. we may have a view that Debbie's hairdressing doesn't have the necessary insurances should they stab you or whatever it might be. Mm. But that's your choice. You have the right to make that decision mm-hmm. because you are living independently. Mm. You know, that's between you and whoever is your service provider. Mm. Oh, you, we, yeah, I'm talking about ones that ask us, can we help yes. them find someone? Yes. So yes. Clearly yes. there are people in the village who do their own thing yes. as they would in their own home in the suburbs. Yes. 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 And we would yeah. never yeah. know. No. 
And yeah. so, so at any point yeah. in time, we have no idea who mm. is actually in the village mm. because, you know, it, it, it's not a gated community. Mm. You don't yes. have to check in. It, mm. It's simply home. Yeah. It should, mm. It'd be fair to say that in recent times with the government policy swinging to home care and with council services, um, there's a lot more structured services that are not really delivered by the village itself. Would that be fair? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. think so. It, yeah. But yeah. certainly within most larger villages, they've probably established their own community care program and been mm. become registered with the government mm. uh, or have a relationship with a community care provider who can come in and service that particular village. And, and so they're good things because either are you getting funded care, uh, so the cost is clearly uh, subsidised, uh, secondly, we know that the people have been checked. Uh, and thirdly, you've got uh, and a case trained. manager and yeah. trained. trained mm. And you have a case manager mm. who will follow your progress of care uh, yeah. over the years. So my observation would be at the Village Glen that we are now less involved in that than we used to be. Our nurse is a very good, um, I suppose, litmus test of that because the nurses are the ones who see before anyone yes. where there is a need for these type of services. The nurse is the one who would recommend that management follow through with family to get home get assessed for home care, Stuart. Would that yeah. be fair? Yeah, yeah. and certainly mm. yeah. Uh, if our nurses are aware that someone is struggling, mm-hmm. then we will come forward and make suggestions to them. Mm. And, uh, and and that that's a, a really good thing. Now, the, the next part under the code is... I feel like I'm getting interrogated here by you, Stuart. Look, I'm trying to... <laughs> I, want to I want the inside story here, Peter. We, oh, might, we might go to a break. I was going to say, well, we're oh, this out. Yeah. Let's go oh, to we're, a we're break. We're on a roll, <laughs> We're finding out the inside story on the village, Glenn. <laughs> yes, we'll be back are. after this. And welcome back to the Age Stage. And before the break, we were talking, Stuart and Peter, were we not, about... Living in the community. Well, no, we're being interrogated. <laughs> we're, oh. We were just getting to the nitty gritty of the problem and the commercial break. Okay, go well, for it. Let's get it. back just, on song. Thank you. Peter, What's your next question, Peter? I want to know what is going to safeguard my lifestyle at the village if you're planning on doing a major eight-storey apartment block opposite me or something that's going to impact upon what I've been enjoying over time. How do you handle that sort of issue? Uh, an eight-storey building? Well, that doesn't matter. Yes. It's just so something we're that, gonna do that's something. going to change. Yeah. You're going to fill the lake in. <laughs> okay. Well, there's, there's a couple of issues there. Um, firstly, uh, in the village environment, in, in essence, when people sign up to come into a village, um, they're buying into a community that where, where infrastructure is being paid for, and the residents' role, in a financial sense, is to, to maintain that infrastructure. If the owner of a village w- wishes to do some capital works or works of a capital nature that are new, clearly that that's the cost at the cost of the owner. But if the, if the works are, are, are revisiting, it's the cost of the, the long-term maintenance fund, isn't it, Stuart? So, so if, if we were going to do something new, the very first thing we would do is, in the village planning, we would write to every resident a personal letter from us explaining what we have in mind. We would then have public meetings. We'd ask people to come uh, and we would give them 
a heads up about what we were planning and seek seek their not their permission so much as their comments and indeed we might vary it based on their comments if we're talking um adding extra services it's usually not a problem because people see the benefit of that uh if we were talking about withdrawing services it could be a major problem couldn't it Stuart? so yeah provide so the code makes provision for mm. such an event providing there's consultation and it is about keeping people informed as to what's going on. So, so Peter, I'm glad I've received your letter. Yep. I've gone to the meeting. I've heard what you've had to say. Uh, I'd like to put some feedback in. You're going to be receptive to that feedback. Absolutely. And yep. so, so at least I have the opportunity to express a view about what's going to happen in my village. Yeah, mm. it's absolutely giving a voice, it is. isn't it, to the resident? You know, it is their yeah. home, yes. and we acknowledge that it is their home, yeah. and if we're going to make changes to what they've expected, yes. then we have a, an obligation to make certain that people mm. are well informed. Mm-hmm. We're actually building four units adjacent to a row of units in, uh, in the village Baxter, and this has been a seven-year discussion or seven-year oh, awareness goodness. program for people to know that, okay, this is on our drawing board. Um, we're hopeful a permit will be actually granted this week and then the works will continue. But So it's no surprise to the occupants mm. Uh, mm. who are living adjacent to that. Mm. And there's still good separation between them. Um, in our village, you know, could be between five to ten metres away. And yeah. so, you know, it's, so it's not as if they're on top of each other, but, so but it is about change. Yeah. So when you say it was a seven-year, this has been a seven-year in the opera, in planning, what was the objection? Like, what, what, what were the but, obstacles that you needed to overcome so from the we, residents' point okay, of view? So the, red, the residents who were in occupation at the time, we took the decision that we did not want them to have their environment disturbed. Okay. So we took the view that we would put this out on a plan at that point, mm. distribute to everyone, so mm. people who were coming in over that next seven yes. years would be aware. well aware that this is going to happen. So we we take a you know a very generous approach to making certain that you know nothing has changed from what you expected when you moved into mm-hmm. the village, mm. and so really long consultation mm. time. And what's interesting, of course, people will say. Well, why do we have to do this? We don't know anything about it. We say, here is the evidence over the seven years mm. that we've been working towards this objective. Mm. Mm. Here it is marked on the plan. It's on display. And, you know, you know it is just about making certain that people mm. are, are engaged mm-hmm. uh, and informed. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's also replicated in the Retirement Villages Act where yes. people, uh, we have to have on display any future plans we might have yes. so people can ask to see the plans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you would have had that at the Village Glen yes. when you built T3. Yes, yes. And, yeah. and we've also, we're about, like Stuart, about to build some 16 two-bedroom apartments, which we've not done before. Mm. Uh, we've always been at ground-level uh, single units. Now mm. we're, we're thinking of building another building and a picture theatre and a new new lounge. Oh, and that's wow. been on the books mm. for 20 years. Really? Yeah. My so goodness. we've got a 100-seat picture theatre. Mm. Which will be interesting. Wow. Well, movies. Are you providing popcorn? Yeah. Are you going to, <laughs> going to relive the, be a little shop, yeah. the old trolley? You know, the uh-huh. I'm going to have one of those things around my neck. You know, yes, the, yeah, those. Yeah, that's what I was trying yeah. to describe. Yeah. At interval. Yes, a little cap. Yeah. Yes, and you're yes. selling Dixie cups. Absolutely. It was called service. Roll yeah. the cappers down yeah. the aisle. Yeah. Mm. 
I'd, I'd hope there'd be carpet by Steve in the modern era, you know. It's, and, and Jaffa's are no fun on carpet. He's tried, obviously. But to cover that case, no doubt you've got written policies and procedures to govern a whole range of things. and Not about the theatre yet. Not well. We certainly will have. But mm. about general processes. Oh, absolutely. Yep. You know, the conduct of meetings with residents, how they're going to be, the, yep. the right of resis to, yep. to do some of these things. Uh, about it, about it, even how you're going to access a person's home in the event of an emergency. Yep. Mm. So, so you know, the, the obvious scenario is a person lives by themselves, uh, they've had a fall or they've pushed their emergency mm. button, hasn't been seen, the blinds may not have been opened mm. in that, that wonderful neighbourhood watch type process. Mm -hmm. Under what circumstances would you then go into the unit? One of the questions we ask our new residents when they become new residents is, about access. Funnily enough, the Act says that we as owners of the village have right of access uh, with due consideration to the resident, but at the village, Glen, if you say to us, under no circumstances are you to come into my villa without my invitation, we honour that, and it's in our database. So what actually happens when um, when we have some emergency, that's consulted. We, 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 we know... There aren't many. There's probably, I don't know, a dozen or so out yeah. of 600 units who say under no circumstances are you able to come into my villa without my explicit invitation. So under those circumstances where um, there's an emergency, clearly we have to use, be aware of what they've said but also be aware of our duty of care obligations. Mm. So t typically in those circumstances it's the nurse that enters um, with her pass key um, but I can't remember a circumstance, Stuart, where we were told we shouldn't and we did and we didn't get in any trouble about it. Have you had that circumstance? No, it's, it's yeah. very rare. You know, yeah. so if a person says, no, we don't want you to come in, so we could, you could paint a couple of scenarios. What happens if you, the unit is on fire and you've collapsed on the floor? Mm, mm. You know, and, and when you think about it in that context, mm. I mean, we, we have more than happy to smash a window because you've changed the locks on your door so they're not on our master key system. Mm. Mm. But, you know, so we would, so we would try and take people through a, a range of scenarios to say, is this really what you want? Mm. And mm. Well, you do have a duty of care, yeah. no doubt about That's it. Agree, yeah. Because that actually happened to me. I, I live in a unit on my own and I was putting a box up in the cupboard and I missed the bottom step, fell back, broke my wrist and concussed myself and was coming in and out of that consciousness that I grabbed my phone and dialed the last number. Otherwise, I could have been there for yeah. I don't know how long. Yeah, so, so they are fairly fundamental yes. security yeah. yep. type issues, mm. and most people see the common sense for mm. it, mm. Uh, which, which is a good thing. Mm. And um, so you know, but providing again, it's about communication and making people aware, yeah. and that's where your policies and procedures come into being. Yes, yes. Um, look, there's a, a couple of. I mean, we all abide by the, the privacy policy under the Commonwealth and state legislation, and and we're by law we we have to publish that. And there has to be a privacy officer, and mm. so I think that's uh, taken for granted. Would like to cover now. There, there, no, there's really only a couple of minor issues moving okay. on. That it, it's about the induction of staff, staff training, yep. what sort of skills 
that you're uh, with the people who you are employing. Mm. And again, it's simply about communicating to residents that this is the process we're going to follow and, mm -hmm. and to our potential yeah. staff. Mm. These are the processes we're going yeah. to follow. One so of the things that we've done, we have a very comprehensive resident induction. Mm. Um, we, I call it the Barbara Smith story. We've got time for this one next week. How long are you going to give me? One minute. You, okay? you can have a minute. <laughs> About 12 or 15 years ago, I, was, I thought I was pretty clever and I used to visit residents after they moved in, knock on the door, say, about a week or so after, and I knocked on Barbara Smith's door and, and uh, she, she, she said to me, uh, Peter, it's good that you've come. She said, I've got some real issues. She said, you've spent 10 years or so um, working with me before I bought and I feel like I've been dumped. As soon as I moved in, I thought... Whoa! <laughs> so from that conversation, we developed, we did some um, staff, we did a bit, bit of a session Same. with our staff and mm -hmm. I told them the story. So we came up with a, a whole range of things for resident induction, which we hadn't been doing before. Before that, we used to give them a plant, and sort of welcome and then let them just settle in. Now mm -hmm. we have, the day they come in, they get a welcome tray with a cup of tea on it and, and fresh sandwiches. And milk. So when you're moving to the villa, what, what's the first thing you can't yes. find is the kettle. Yes. Mm -hmm. And there's no milk for a cup of tea. Yeah. When you on that move-in day, yeah. and the person who delivers it is your buddy. So we now have a buddy who, oh, and, great. and you've got yes. your buddy for twelve That's a months. Good idea. The buddy yeah. for twelve months. The buddy is a person who you can ring about any topic, yeah. and the buddy's job is to find a solution to that problem. And then we have a monthly new residents meeting where all the new residents come together uh, for a year, mm -hmm. and uh, there's a cyclical uh, agenda. We talk about all sorts of things, and and it's great because we get twenty or thirty people at that's once a month, yeah. and they're all new residents, all in this together. They make great friendships. It's a sensational mm. induction Fantastic. that takes a year. Sounds great. Yeah, so that's the Barbara Smith story. Okay, that's a good so, story. Good on yeah. Is your buddy a staff member? Or yes, buddy's a staff buddy's member. A staff, so staff yep. are willing to yep. to act in that capacity. Yep. That's terrific. That's yep. wonderful. Mm. Yes. Yep. And welcome back to the age stage. And now we're going to be talking about some about leaving the community. Is that right, guys? Yes. Part no. D of the, this, part this particular D. section mm -hmm. is leaving the community and, and the clarity of contracts. So, Peter, contracts in in the village, Glen. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, there's been a death, or someone wants to move out. What, what's the what's the process that you follow? Uh, they're two completely different things. Most times, people, the reason we sell units is not because we've had a death. Most times, it's because one of a partner has predeceased the other some years earlier, and the surviving member has reached a stage of their life where either they need extra care or want extra care or want to move out to be with family. So, typically, in those circumstances, what normally happens is they or a member of their family will ask us, "What is the process?" to leave the village. So at the Village Glen, and typically it's to go into care, mm -hmm. and as we've talked about in other programs, um, the process of moving into residential aged care uh, is under the under a federal government act and you need to go through my aged care. There's a whole procedure. So we write a letter to them in the first instance and I, it's a standard letter I call the Journey to Aged Care where I give them a roadmap of all the things that they need to do Probably some months before they're, they're even thinking of doing it because they they're planning for the next mm. stage of their lives. Mm -hmm. And in that process, I talk about the my age care. I talk about how they get information they need. I talk about 
once what, what happens once they've been offered a place and we're going to sell their unit. I talk about the income and assets test that they need. We incorporate with that a, a preliminary payout statement, which is like a desk audit of what they can expect to get from the sale of their villa, bearing in mind its current market value and what they paid. So we, we bring to account the deferred management fee within a, a document, which, which, as we say, is a preliminary settlement statement, which gives them a bit of a heads up financially of how much they can expect to get if we can sell the unit for the price that we think it's worth. So, mm-hmm. for, so focus yeah. on that, that aspect. Mm-hmm. So the details of that are contained in my contract? Yes. As to how that will work. Yes, and we refer to that in this letter. Yeah. Okay. So, yep. and what about if a unit needs some work on it? It could, you know, I mean, you might want to just paint it. You might want to rip out a kitchen. Yes. So, what what happens? So, who's paying those costs, and how does that work? Well, our, our contract's a bit unique, Stuart, in as much as uh, we've always had the view that any renovations of a of a major nature is at the expense of us, not of the outgoing resident. So clearly the outgoing resident at the Village Glen is responsible for what we call the departure clean. Now that's clearly preparing it for sale for the next person and that normally means touch-up paintwork where there's been paintings on the wall, etc. Might be one coat of paint to the walls. It clearly means steam cleaning the carpets and, and, and the, on the tile floors. It means thoroughly cleaning the unit and repairing any damage that might be done to electrical appliances. It could mean replacing a hot water service, but not at their expense. It's at our expense. Mm-hmm. So typically a departure clean in a villa that might be worth four or 500000 might cost something between $1,000 and $1,500. And, that's the, and we articulate that in the, in the letter. And, and then we say, though, but we reserve the right that if we think this villa is in its current state, even though it's clean and, and quite livable, if we think it doesn't tick the boxes for the marketplace, we will renovate it to a standard that we choose at our cost. Mm-hmm. So we, we agree with the outgoing resident what its value is pre the renovation because we share capital gain with our mm-hmm. residents. Mm-hmm. So clearly we enunciate what, what that is and then we say we reserve the right to do other works at our expense and you won't share in those because that's our money we're spending to make the unit more marketable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so we're a little similar that, uh, like Peter, we, we do not charge any refurbishment costs to residents. But that's not the norm in our industry. No, it's not. So, so yeah. give us an example, Peter, of something that's different to that. Well, there's a, there's a term in property called yield up. Now, the con- contracts of most villages say that the, that the resident needs to yield up the unit in the state that they got it. Now, mm-hmm. typically that means a renovation from anything from new carpet, new drapes, thoroughly painted throughout, to new kitchens, new bathrooms, etc. Goodness me. That, that might... You'd find people get a little bit angry about that sometimes? No, I don't think so, because it's in their contract. It's brought to their attention when they yeah. buy. They understand... Yeah. I totally understand that. Mm. Um, it really depends on, on what style of contract they've got because um, in a lot of villages, uh, the DMF is based on the sale price, not on the purchase price. Mm. And clearly, if you spend money and get more for it, the resident shares in the capital gain. So th- they see it as money spent, but the bulk of it comes back to them. They might lose 
thirty or so percent, Stuart, would that be right? Yeah, so so it, it can be controversial. Mm. Uh, so having taken over the Rosebud Village, we we currently have a family who are aggrieved at the, the terms of a contract, mm-hmm. and it's a very old contract dating back to the mid-'80s. Mm-hmm. So the, the family have been in there for some time, mm. and and the arguments are that, you know, they, the family didn't know what they were talking about when, or didn't understand the contract when they moved in. Mm. We're saying that's 20 years ago and we're dealing with the here and now, mm-hmm. and the terms of a contract, you know, whether we like it or not, we're saying that, you know, those, those contracts will be applied because, I mean, that's the legal situation. Mm, and, mm. and certainly it's better over recent years where consumer affairs uh, have mandated that there needs to be a simple one-page summary of different scenarios for what happens when you leave yes. the village. Mm. Yes. And that's a good, good thing. Idea. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, to, to everyone's mm. credit, I think we've all been happy to get on board with yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the new contract regimes are much better than they used to be. Yes. It's much more transparent than it used to be. Mm-hmm. So I don't think anyone in, in, this, in this day and age could ever say, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yes. If they yeah. did say that, they haven't read their contract. Yeah. And, yes. and, and it's in plain English and it's pretty simple to yeah. understand, isn't it, Stuart? Mm-hmm. And the other side of the, mm-hmm. the equation, uh, Peter, is, okay, so I understand what's going to happen, but, like, when's it going to happen and how do I find out and yeah. when do I get my money? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in, 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 once again, this letter addresses that. We talk about, in the, if we, once again, we're talking about going into aged care. So, uh, it, in Victoria, it's legislated that... All residents who are in retirement villages, if they leave to go into a or leave at all, their monthly charge must cease after six months of vacation. So that's the first thing that's it's important to understand because so we enunciate even though it's the law, people understand that so it's mm-hmm. getting enunciated in the letter. We also say that should should you be going into residential care where a a, a bond we call it a bond yeah call it a bond a bond is required. Um, should your unit be not sold and settled within six months of vacant possession or six months of you moving into the aged care facility, uh, then we will fund the uh, the interest payment that you are obliged to pay un- until the unit is sold. And in our case, if that proves to be 18 months, the contract says we will pay you out. Now, in Stuart's case, he pays them out immediately, don't you? Yes, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. we do, but, but that is mm. not typical. No. Mm. Mm. I mean, is that my- because of the waiting list that you have at... Uh, both, but yeah. it, I mean, clearly having a, a healthy waiting list yeah. means that we have an occupant for unit, but, mm. but that unit may still be vacant for six months, nine months while we refurbish it. Mm-hmm. Mm. But we, we believe that it is the right thing to do to pay people out when they leave. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and so, and that's not, and there's different variations mm. to that. Mm-hmm. So Rosebud is different as a mm. more traditional village, uh, that, that we've purchased. But over time, they will be changing to our style of contract. Right. So currently, service fees will continue until the unit's For the six months. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so yeah, we're we're maintaining that Mm -hmm. um, for a variety of reasons. So, A, A, it's in um, just simply confirming the the value of a contract. So we're trying to honour the contracts that have been entered into and uh, and maintaining the integrity of them. Mm. Now, if it's a death, Stuart, and we're dealing with an estate, um, which I say is rare, but it does happen, the letters are a bit different, clearly. Uh, the six-month rule still applies with regard to the monthly charge. Um, the reno- in our case, the renovation still applies, but we pay the unit out 
a maximum of 18 months later, but we must be given probate. Um, we, we ask that the family or the executors give us probate before we pay them out. There's a very good reason for that. Uh, you know, in a state law, if people... If I paid you out and probate wasn't granted, there could well be a family member somewhere challenges the will. Now, if mm. I've paid you out, yes. guess who's liable? Yeah, you are. <laughs> we are. Yes. So we we insist that probate be provided. Mm. Now, pro- the probate process is pretty straightforward, isn't it, Stuart? Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 Well, mm. that's really interesting, and mm. we have come to the end of the... <laughs> Oh, just the program. I know. Yes. Yeah, we could keep going. We, we have to keep, keep going, that momentum we? for next week. So yeah, so well, yeah. Yeah. well, I think the message we've tried to get across through the code is it is about communication. Yes. And the more commu- there can never be such a thing as too much communication between right. people. Mm. And we would say to, I think Peter would agree that, we would say to our residents, we will respect your opinion. We ask for our opinion to be respected. And at the end of the day, we hope we can agree if not, let's move on. Mm-hmm. That, uh, and there are processes oh, to solve yeah. disputes. Yeah, I think yeah. it's, it's a yeah. great thing to have. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it is. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, we're a people industry and people need to engage with other people and yes. talk about it Indeed, and yes. see if we can find uh, the, the middle ground. Fantastic. Mm. Well, thank you once see you again. Next week. Yes, see you next Look week, guys. To it. Bye. Yeah, bye. And welcome back to the age stage. Ara is CEO of Carers Australia, and um, welcome to the program to the Age Stage, Ara. It's good, great to oh, have you. A pleasure to be with you. And Ara, so tell me a little bit about what you do with um, Carers Australia. Carers Australia is the peak body representing all of those people who provide care to somebody in an unpaid capacity. So that's people who care for their parents who are older, who care for partners who are older, who are ill, people who have disabilities, people who have mental health conditions. So anyone who provides care and support. We're talking about mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers, husbands and wives, Mm -hmm. children, friends and neighbours. Okay. And how long have um, Carers Australia been operating? We've been around for many years, um, but I think it's only in the last decade that governments have begun to understand that carers are the backbone of the aged care, the disability and the mental health sectors. And yes. without them, we're really in some trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and Ara, why do you think people prefer this to sort of aged care homes or going into aged care? Well, there's no question that people all say we prefer to be at home. In fact, in 2015, the Productivity Commission did a report on housing decisions of older Australia, and it basically found that most Australians want to see their retirement out in their own home. They want to stay in their own home. They want financial freedom in that home, and they want to be surrounded by the people they know and love. Mm -hmm. We also know that for many of us, we want to find a way to make that happen for those we love best. It was my mother's one wish that she could die in her own bed and she was lucky she had enough children to be able to make that happen. Yes, yes, and it can be difficult for families that don't have that extra support, can't it? It can be incredibly difficult. Mm. It's very challenging. But also if a person is very, very frail and has enormous health needs if they fall when they get up, or particularly for those people looking after someone who has dementia, it's very, very challenging. Mm. And in fact, we uh, caring for people with dementia is recognised as one of the most 
challenging caring roles. It, it requires more hours than most other categories of carers and they're more likely to experience significant strain. Yes, yes. And what about the emotional cost of being a carer? You know, because obviously there is, um, it, it does come at a cost. Oh, there's no question that it comes at a cost. That most of us would say we want to care for the people we love, that we feel that we can provide a higher standard of care than anybody else, that we feel we owe it, particularly for those of us who care for our parents, mm -hmm. who want those parents to have the best possible um, end of life the way they gave us the best possible beginning of life. Mm. However, there are emotional, financial and physical costs. Yes. Now, uh, about a third of all carers are caring for someone for more than 40 hours a week. Mm. means that many of them give up their jobs and have a lot of trouble getting back into the workforce. means they often become socially isolated, don't have people that they can be engaged with. It means that their costs increase where you have to keep temperatures at a certain level. There's extra electricity where a person becomes incontinent, mm. where a person needs a lot of medication. So for many carers, they put their own health and well-being on the line to mm. care for the person that matters so much to them. And I guess that's why respite is so important. Respite is absolutely crucial. Mm -hmm. We know that a lot of people don't seek respite because the person asks them not to. They say, I just want you to look after me, not yes. anybody else. Mm -hmm. But there is no question that respite can give a carer the break they need if that carer can find the respite. Mm, yes. And where would they find support, find that sort of support? It's, look, it's incredibly difficult. The Commonwealth Respite Centre, so if you rang your, you know, the Carers Association in the state, they actually help to broker that respite. But many of them will tell us that despite exhaustive efforts, they often can't identify respite opportunities. Yeah, so it's actually quite difficult to find. Mm. Um, we know that that aged care providers, um, uh, the, the government subsidy is it's quite low for respite compared to that for permanent residents. Mm. And we know that aged care providers have a, a huge administrative cost in bringing somebody in for respite. So the preference naturally is to bring somebody in longer term. Yes. We also know that many of the beds are taken up for the people who try before you buy. They want to see how that goes. Yes. You know, there's no published data on um, how many of the, the allocated residential beds are, um, are uh, used for respite care. Mm. We don't know how that's changed over the years. So we've got a long way to go in terms of getting an adequate respite centre, whether that's in a residential facility, whether it's in a day-based um, centre or, you know, whether it's in some kind of cottage, like a weekend cottage. But mm. we have a long way to go to make that work properly. And do you think that there's an underlying current, uh, you know, uh, an underlying current of not trusting aged care homes? Oh, there's, there, there, absolutely there's an underlying current of that. I think, you know, we were, we all have heard some of those horror stories. Mm. That said, I have seen extraordinary aged care facilities who really go out of their way to provide the latest technology, to provide excellent staff and excellent training. But we've got a long way to go before the rest of the country begins to feel completely safe in that. Mm -hmm. That said, you know, I'm a baby boomer. 
We're we're a difficult lot at the best of times. We are, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you there. And I think we're the kind who'll just put our foot down and say, absolutely not, under yeah. no circumstances. Yes. I want it this way and I want it now. Yes. We own the property, we've owned the workforce, we oh. want to own aged care as well. <laughs> we do, don't we? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, look, thank you so much for talking with us today, Ara. It's been really um, delightful to talk to you and hopefully we might do that again soon. My pleasure. It's always important for me to talk about carers because without carers, those systems, particularly our aged care system, would simply crumble. Mm-hmm. We know that 80% of the care is being done by people at home, by loved ones, taking the best care of the people that matter most. Mm. We want to celebrate them, we want to recognise them, but we want to make sure they're supported. Absolutely. Thanks again, Thank Ara. you. Thank you. Right. Bye, Bye now. And so that's the end of the show, Steve, for she another... She was very interesting, wasn't she? Yes, yeah, she was very interesting yes. lady. Yes. And sadly, Pam Dined couldn't be with us today. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah, her Hopefully, husband um, had taken ill, so yeah. that was very sad, but we will get her on when, when she's available. Yeah, maybe next week or the week after, exactly. something like that. That'd be good. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. I believe her story is very touching. It so. is very mm. touching, mm. yeah. And, um, and she's, you know, she's facing exactly what it is that we're discussing at the moment. So. Yes, it was very very relevant, relevant. Very relevant absolutely indeed. so you have a great week thank you i intend to and yeah. possibly i'll see you here next week oh i think you will actually <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to all our guests uh, peter and Stuart from the village baxter and the village glen and encore living for that regional alternative and we'll see you here on the age stage next week bye, bye now, now.